All right, if you would turn to Exodus chapter 20. If you're new to the Bible, Genesis is the first book, Exodus is the second. So Exodus chapter 20, we're going to be reading there. We're continuing our series on the family. We have put in the rows a note sheet um, that if you want to take notes about kind of the topic, and then we're going to talk about a very practical thing at the end. So you may want to use this to follow along and to jot down um, some things. But we are in Exodus chapter 20 this morning. And I want to begin in verse 1, where it says this, uh, and I had grabbed a Bible first service, and I forgot to get another one that has um, old, older adult-sized print, because, uh, man, this is small print, but I'm going to give it a shot. The, and God spoke all these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven, above, or on the earth, beneath, or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And this is the word of the Lord. Um. This morning, in continuing this series on the family, I want to, uh, to talk about this command to honor one's parents, which is found in verse 12. Back in October, I preached through Ephesians 6, 1 to 4, where Paul references this command, and I talked a little bit about the honor part that morning, a little bit. I talked about some other stuff more, and I want to delve more into this command to honor our parents this morning. Um, the Hebrew word that is translated honor in Exodus is the word kavod is the, the noun form, or kavod is the verb. Um, can, you, can you say, look, can we do kavod? Can you say kavod with me? Kavod, good job. Um, the word means to be heavy or weighty, to be of great value. A person's kavod is their significance, it's their importance, kind of their weight. Someone with kavod is deserving of honor and respect, and we're told that every parent um, has that kavod, deserving of that. So to kavod, the verb means to give weight, to treat as weighty. And it, to me, it's really significant. This is the same word that's used all through the Bible when God speaks of, when it speaks about giving glory and honor, kavod, to his name. So that's a big deal, right? If we're to give it to him and he's asking to give it to parents. Um, so we're to treat our parents with the weight and gravity that they deserve. And I'm going to skip over that because not many people first service got it, so... Uh, we'll just skip over that. I think I, I'll probably get more laughs for not doing it. The opposite of kavod, of honor, is, would be the, the Hebrew word kalal, and you can see it up there. Would you say kalal with me? Kalal. 
Kalal occurs in the very next chapter, in chapter 21, verse 17. And here's what the Lord says there. Anyone who kalals his father or mother must surely be put to death. Is that not a weighty thing to say? And are you, are you not glad that you don't live under the old covenant anymore? Especially any children that are here um, or young people. Kalal means to dishonor or to make a person lose face, so to speak. And kalal has two ideas in it in that Hebrew word. The first idea is to treat lightly, to treat lightly, to treat as insignificant, to make light of, to trivialize, um, to lightly esteem, so to treat lightly. But it also carries another idea. It's the idea of treating disgracefully, to treat with contempt, with scorn, with disdain, to curse or to revile. Both of those ideas are inside of this word. Again, a pretty heavy word, would you not say? When the, um, I don't know, probably about 500, 200 years before Jesus lived, Greek culture was spreading all in that part of the world, and so they made a translation of the Old Testament called the Septuagint into Greek. It was commonly used in Jesus' day. Jesus would have used it. Paul would have used it. And when they were translating this into Greek, the word they used was temao or teme. Can you say teme with me? Teme. And let's say temao. Yeah, not tomato, but tomato, okay? Tome is the Greek word. It's used in Ephesians 6.2 where Paul says to honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with value. Um, I mean, the first commandment with promise, I'm sorry. Honor was really important. It was important in Hebrew culture. It was very important in Greek and Roman culture. This idea of honoring and giving honor was very highly valued. So one Greek dictionary of this word, tome, says that its primary meaning was to properly assign value to someone so as to prize them, to assign value so as to prize them. It means both to recognize and to ascribe worth. Um, Implicit in the word is the idea to treat as valuable and precious. And that's why the Amplified Bible, I think, does an excellent job of translating Ephesians 6-2, where it says this honor, in other words, esteem and value as precious, your father and mother, this is the first commandment with a promise. It's, a, again, a really important word for them culturally and a strong word. If I were to, to give you other ways of defining it, um, it would be this. To honor means to elevate, to lift up. It means to esteem, to treat with reverence, to treat with dignity, to show high regard for, to show respect to or for, to give due respect to. And in their culture, honor was inextricably linked with authority. The two things went together. So it's, it's to recognize the, eva- the validity of a person's role and of their authority and to give them the honor that is due that. One New Testament commentary says that to honor a person, and here's the quote, is to treat them with deference, the respect, the reverence, the kindness, the courtesy, and for children still at home, the obedience which their station in life demands. Last week I talked about shame, and shame is the polar opposite of honor. And so to treat, to not treat somebody with honor is to treat them in a way that is shameful or shaming. So let, I, I just took a few words from last week, and here's what it's like to kolal a person. It is to treat them as inferior, as defective or deficient, as worthless or unworthy, as unlovable or unacceptable, to treat them as though they are unwanted. 
this is what it is to shame a person, the opposite of honoring them. I mean, again, those are really strong words, right? Really strong words. One main thing I want to say, a final thing about honor, is that honor begins in the heart. It begins in the heart. It is first and foremost an inner disposition. It is an attitude of respect that then comes out in my behavior. And so we should seek to honor our parents in much the same way we strive to honor God by doing so with our thoughts, with our attitudes, with our words, and with our deeds. That's what we're called to do. This command um, that I've, I mean, that, all that, that's pretty, that's pretty big stuff, right? Oh, to honor, weighty, that's what it means. It's very important to God. I mean, it's a serious command to Him, and here's how I know. Um, I'm going to give you four reasons why this is so important, why we know that this is so important to God. So four reasons. The first one is this. It made God's top ten list. Um, how many of you here rep- remember David Letterman? It tended to be the, the middle age or the gray hairs that were in there that remember David Letterman. Remember every night he had a top ten list? I was going to use one this morning, but I don't have enough time this morning. Um, but I want you to know God has a top ten list. It's the Ten Commandments, what we just read in Exodus 20. And if God has a top ten, do you not think we should take his top ten seriously? Well, one of his top ten is to honor your mother and father. Um, It's number five. The second reason we know this is important in God, not only is it in his top ten list, but it is the first of what I will call the horizontal commands. The first four commands in the Ten Commandments are are vertical, about my relationship with God. The next six are horizontal about my relationship with people. And the command to honor mother and father is the first of those horizontal commands. It's the first one. I think there's a reason that God put these together with the first four being vertical about him and then the next six being horizontal. Um, Rod Mattoon says this about that, it's that God put them in that order because a person cannot be right with others unless he first gets right with God. But a person cannot be right with God if he does not treat other people right. These two things are interdependent, but I first have to be right with God. But if I'm right with Him, I will be right with people. So again, this command is the first of those horizontal. And, you know, the question is why? Why is it first? And a lot of commentators have actually talked about this because that command to honor mother and father is a command related to family. And family is the creation of God, and God... um, he, he, he created family to be like, it's foundational to everything that happens in society. And a family is working well, a society works well. But a family's not working well, a society crumbles. I mean, are we not seeing that in our culture right now? With the breakdown of families happening and seeing also the breakdown of culture? Um, so that's why this one's put first. I think anybody that works with people who are dating a lot, I did with internationals, Jason, Jordan, anytime you're dealing with people dating, it's amazing how often material or books on dating will give the advice that if you're dating somebody and you're considering them for marriage, that watch how they treat their parents because the way they treat their parents is how they're going to treat other people because this command is so foundational. So... We know that God's serious about this because it makes his top 10. It's number one of the horizontal. And then I would say the third reason we know this is important to God is because it's the only of those commands that has a promise attached to it. And that's what Paul highlights in Ephesians 6 too. And he said it's, it's the command that's given with promise. I just learned this week something I didn't know, that in the law or the Torah, every command that has a promise attached to it 
outside of the Ten Commandments, it is a negative, it is a punishment that if something is not followed, a punishment, it's a promise of punishment. This is the only command in the whole law that's a positive one, that if you honor, then you're promised this. So um, it's significant that it's the only one that has a promise. And then the fourth and final reason that we know this is important um, is because it's reiterated throughout the whole Bible. Scripture emphasizes how we treat our parents over and over and over and over again. It's all through Scripture. I mean, it's in the Torah. We just read in Exodus 20:12 the command to honor. We just read about to not kalal. In Leviticus chapter 20, verse 9, we're going to see that repeated again where we're told, if anyone kalals his father or mother, he must be put to death. Again, I am so glad that I live after Jesus. It's not just in the Torah, it's in the poetic books. Specifically, especially in Solomon and the Proverbs. Solomon talks a lot about how we treat our parents. I just want to show you two of those. In Proverbs 20, 20, here's what Solomon wrote. If someone kalals their father or mother, their lamp will be snuffed out in pitch darkness. Boy, is that not a strong statement of how God feels about this? Proverbs 30, 11, There is a kind of man who kalals his father and does not bless his mother. So he's juxtaposing those things together and that they're essentially equivalent. That if I'm kalaling, if I'm treating lightly or showing contempt for my parents, it's the same as not blessing them. So those things kind of go together. It's not just in the Torah and it's not just in the poetic books, but talking about honoring parents is in the prophetic books. And I just want to show you one. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 22, verses 7, 14, and 15, which I'll show you in a minute. God specifically says one of the reasons he's sending his people into exile in Babylon is because they kalaled their parents, that they refused to honor them. And here's what Exodus, here's what it says. It's Exodus 21. Fathers and mothers are kalaled. They're treated lightly. They're treated with contempt. Foreigners are forced to pay for protection. Orphans and widows are wronged and oppressed among you. How strong and courageous will you be in my day of reckoning? I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do what I said. I will scatter you among the nations, and I will purge you of your wickedness. Is that not a strong word, wickedness, for how God views kalaling a parent? It occurs in the epistles, and it occurs specifically in Paul. We've already talked about Ephesians 6 too. And finally, Jesus reiterates this command to honor our parents more than once. In Mark chapter 10... In speaking to the young ruler, Jesus emphasized um, the Ten Commandments, especially the last ones, those vertical ones to him. And look at where Jesus places it. When he reads through the list of the vertical, look where he places it. So in Mark 10, 19, Jesus said to this rich young ruler, You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. And kavad, because he would have spoken Aramaic, so he would have said this in this way, kavad, your father and your mother, honor them. I mean, the Jewish people knew the order of the Ten Commandments, right? They knew the top ten, front and back. And they knew to kavad your mother, father and mother was number one of those six. And for him to move it to the end, do you realize what he's doing is he's actually, he's emphasizing that. He's shining a light on that one, how significant it is. In Matthew 15, he condemns the Pharisees and confronts them because they do not honor their parents and they teach people to not honor their parents. And here's what he says in Matthew 15, 4. He said, For God said, Kavad your father and mother, and anyone who kalals their father and mother is to be put to death. 
And then in the next few verses, he talks in detail that I'm not going to go into on how they were dishonoring their parents and how the Pharisees were a part of that. And then he concludes in verses 7 and 8 with very strong words. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people, they kavod me with their words, but their hearts are far from me with their lips, right? So they're kavodding with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. And as always, what I love about Jesus is I love how he models for us the way. He doesn't just talk about the way, but he models it. And in John 8, 49, he says this about his relationship with the Father. He says, I kavod, I honor the Father. Isn't that cool? He shows us the way. So as you can see, this command to honor one's parents, it's serious to God. We need to sit up, I think, and really pay attention to it. Um, God does not take this command lightly. He gives it great weight. It's kind of a play on words. I hope you got that. Um, And as his children, as people who follow his way, we are to give this command great weight. So for any children who are still living at home, I'm looking, scanning. There are a few here to obey your parents. Part of how you honor is to obey your parents. And to obey your parents is to obey God. To disobey your parents is to disobey God. For all the rest of us who are all children, because I think we are all children, to honor your parents is to honor God, and to dishonor your parents is to dishonor God. Um, The one who calls himself our heavenly parent, who calls himself our father, and who uses a word picture of himself and calls himself like a mother hen. So we dishonor God if we do not honor our parents. And as one commentator put it, I like this phrase, honor begets honor. Honor begets honor. You honor your parents, you show them kavod, you give them the kavod they deserve, then God will honor you. But if you dishonor your parents, if you kalal them, if you treat them lightly or with contempt, then God will not honor you because honor begets honor. And when I preached this last fall in Ephesians 6, 1 to 4, that last fall, um, I said at that time that the command to obey In Ephesians 6, it's clear from the Greek word for child that it's only for those who are still at home living under their parents' roof. Um, So that is limited to a certain point. But this command to honor our parents, it has no age limit. There is no expiration date on the command to honor our parents. It's universal. It applies to everybody who has a parent. I'm curious, is there anybody here who does not have parents? If so, raise your hand. There was nobody first service. Anybody who does not have parents, does not have parents, you're just a, you somehow just appeared. Yeah, I need to make that really clear. Like you don't, or never had a mom and dad. Anybody never had a mom and dad? I mean, we all have had moms and dads, right? Okay, so this applies to everybody. No matter who you are, no matter who your parents are, it doesn't matter the circumstances or the situation that every child is to honor their parents as long as their parents live, and actually, Kathy and I talked, even after they are no longer here, right? That's the command of God. So for young children, this command means we obey our parents. For teenagers, it means we not only obey them, but we treat them with respect and not with contempt, even though we think we know more than they know, right? I think for young adults, I talked about this last fall, It means, among other things, showing interest in your parents, taking initiative and relating to them, valuing and seeking their wisdom. And for those 
of us in middle age and beyond. To honor your parents means taking care of them when they come to the end of their life, especially as their health declines. And really, that brings me to my main point this morning. How do you honor aging parents? How do you honor aging parents? This, the seed for today's sermon got planted when I was preparing that sermon on Ephesians 6, 1 to 4, when a very dear friend of mine is dealing with a parent who's at the end of their life. And we met one morning for our weekly Bible study, and he was talking, sharing some of what was going on with that, and was very sad, and you could see the pain in his face, those of us who've dealt with aging parents who felt that. And as we talked about some things, and I was giving him some of my experience, some, some advice, I realized that I, nobody had ever told me anything to prepare me for when my parents were aging. Nobody had prepared me for a lot of the stuff that would happen. And I'm like, and I've never even heard a sermon on it, and I'm like, this is something that needs to be talked about because I don't want anybody to get, like we're going to talk in a minute, to get to the point where I'm caring for an aging parent when I was so surprised by so many things and didn't know how to handle them. And so to me, this topic's really important. So I want to have Bill, Henry, and Kathy Waters come up here. Um, They're going to help me to talk some about this topic of aging parents and how do you honor your parents when they're aging. And Kathy, if you could grab that mic on your way, because we've all been down this path. We met, what, about a week and a half ago, a couple weeks ago, and talked through this, and it was really good um, as we talked through that, some of the stuff that we came up with, and it's on the sheet. If you want to write some additional notes, I just want to hit, I'm going to hit a few things, and then we're just going to share our experience, but the first one is, one thing we talked about was the reality that we didn't know, none of us knew coming into it, that it would be so much work, it would be so time-consuming, you'd have to make so many hard decisions related to them that they couldn't make for themselves. How much they would fight you and actually see you as the enemy was very surprising, and I think just the personality changes. We're going to come back to some of that in a minute, but those were some of the things that I think we all agreed kind of shocked us as we started dealing with aging parents. Um, What I really want to get to is kind of some of the emotions. Just let me read through these really quick, and I want to hear what you guys have to say. There is a lot of sadness in caring for aging parents. It is very painful. There's a lot of loss and grief on so many levels going on. Frustration and anger can be there. Resentment. Uh, definitely feeling of rejection. Some feelings of regrets. Um, so, Kathy, you've got the mic. What, I mean, of those emotions, like, what, speak to one or two of those. Like, what, how, what did you really feel or wrestle with? Um, I, what kind of comes to the surface is kind of struggling with not great interaction patterns that had been there for years kind of getting more pronounced and feeling annoyed with behaviors of my mom and I think she felt annoyed with behaviors of mine. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. so annoyance and kind of some of that resentment, right, that comes in. Yep. And then you feel guilty and ashamed, right, yep. uh, and regrets yes. for feeling that way. Yes, um, all that. We've also talked, the res- resentment can go another way. We can feel resentment that we, if we feel like I'm the only sibling that's giving most of this time and the others aren't giving much time. Can, did, you, have you had that ex- did you have that experience? I or? did. I'm number three of four girls, and um, 
grew up in North Dakota. My parents were from Minnesota. Two of my sisters moved back to Minnesota. One stayed in North Dakota. My mom chose to move here to be near our family when she was at a point of moving out of her house. So it was a big trip for any of them to make to come visit her, and they didn't very often. And um, so we were here present doing kind of the the heavy lifting for yeah. the last 19 years. Yeah. So you kind of feel like everybody's going to be on board, and then you find out it doesn't work that way, and it's pretty tough. But yeah. 19 years, a long 19 time years, yeah. way to honor your mother. Bill, what about you? What of these emotions, like what for you did you struggle with? Or uh, Two things. Um, sadness, just seeing my, my mother uh, slide down mentally, and uh, she was always the Never talked bad about anybody, you know, growing up. But that all changed when she went into the nursing home. And um, the other thing is patience. Um, I always thought I was a pretty patient guy, but I remember at one point my father was in hospice at a nursing home from cancer and didn't have much time left. And my mother broke her pelvis and I'm running between the two things, and then fortunately, I was just happened to be there. My dad died, but I, you know, I'm thinking, God, this isn't the plan here. Yeah. So that was difficult, very difficult. So. Yeah. When it rains, it pours, right? When my mom died, found out my dad had cancer. Yeah. Um, all that stuff. Um, I don't know any other things. Just, I mean, I what I would say probably is it is very heavy. That's kind of why that's in red. You would all agree with that, right? One of you, uh, I remember said, there are days you have that are like a day from H-E double toothpicks, right? I mean, you will have hellish days. That's just the reality of what it is. Interesting, you were talking about patience. Judy Decker afterwards, she said, you know, you see your parents' dark side will come out in new ways. She said, you see your dark side come out in new ways in that. And she said, it's a real way for, for God to even change and transform you. So let's get to a couple things. There are some principles we've talked about that I wish I knew this ahead of time going in and I didn't know that would have helped. A couple of things that are very common that their personality frequently changes. Um, they become fixated on some things, primarily money, uh, sex, and they become very paranoid. They can be. Um, cursing can happen. Um, and another thing that's a principle is they will tend to focus all of their negativity on one child and it tends to be the one that's doing most of the caregiving. Um, so I wish I had known these things. I think we talked. We didn't. Some of these things we, we didn't know. But Bill, for you, what 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 uh, how, what did you experience of those things? Well, one thing is I'm I'm the closest one to my folks. I had a sister that lived in Hong Kong, another New Hampshire. So I was the main guy. They were supportive, but I was the main caregiver, and. I'll never forget my mother. Um, one time I walked into the room and she goes, I saw you on television trying to sell your dad's invention. My dad never invented anything. And um, another time um, I walked into her room and she said, oh, you're here. How's things back in New York? And that she was thinking I was her brother and uh, that was difficult to deal with. Yeah. So it's just a gamut of, of, of difficulty thinking all these 
the motion she has is typical. Yeah, that that fixation on money and the paranoia is painful, right? Because I know I was accused of stealing, and I'm, but I didn't know where that came from, and it's pretty hurtful. Like you're like you're my like you're my parent. I I know you. What are you accusing me of that for? And I so I wish I would have known this, Kathy. What about you? What what of those things? What's my mom? Yeah. Hers was on money, which um, she had gone into a facility with multi-levels of cares, uh, agreeing to go to the next level as needed, knowing the cost of that if it came. And as it came, she just, her mind got all muddled. And I can't count how many times this same thing would happen. I'd go to visit her and she halfway into my visit there, she'd go, you know, the other night I was lying awake and I just started thinking about my money and I'd think, oh, here we go again. Where's all my money anyway? And how much is it costing here? And I never knew that and nobody ever told me and just start crying and mad at me and mad at the facility and say, no, mom, you agreed to this, remember? And I'd even show her the document. She said, oh, you're just on their side. I, I'm just always wrong. You're just always right. You're on their side. Just, ugh. Yeah. And that's just so painful, right, to yes. hear those things? And then next time I come to visit, halfway through the visit, you know, the other night I was lying awake and I was thinking, it happened again and again and again. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and definitely, I think all of us experience that being the one that got most of the negativity because we're the ones most involved. And again, if you don't know that's coming, you can take it really personal, which we'll get yeah. to in a minute. I, I don't think you guys experienced it, but the cursing one happened with my mom, a woman I had never heard say a bad word her whole life. And then she, as the dementia kicked in, we went and saw her one time and she was just cursing up a blue streak. And we're like, mom, like the kids are here. And afterwards, you know, we're good out the car. And I mean, she was saying words our kids had never heard. And they're like, what's that word mean, dad? We're like, just forget you ever heard that. So yeah, just to know some of this stuff not is guaranteed, but is likely to come. So we want to talk about how do you deal with it. And as we talked, we came up with some things. Let me just quickly hit these and then just see what these guys have to say. One, to know that it's going to come. That's part of why we're doing this. Make sure you take care of yourself. It's like on a, when you go on a flight and they say when the airbag drop, the thing, right? Don't do your child's first. Do yours first so you're well, so you can take care of them. So take care of yourself. Try not to take it personal, personally. Um, remember the good times is helpful. Let your service to them, even in this difficulty, flow from gratitude because they did so much, right? Um, encourage other caregivers. Um, Scott, you even talked about how much kind of you leaned just between Kathy. You were encouraging her. Then finish well after the fact. Make sure you stop and take time to grieve because it's easy to rush back into life and really not work through that. So what of those things of encouraging people how to deal with it? Kathy, what is there one or two that jumps out that you'd like to say something? Uh, I would say I've been better since she passed than I was during the time, but trying to think back to she stroked when I was in my mid-20s, and so she kind of was in a process from then on, and I was trying to think, okay, before she stroked, what was it like? And she was a really kind and loving mother and just was probably my biggest champion. And so thinking back to that, instead mm -hmm. of thinking about all the tough days and weeks and months and years at the end, yeah. I think it's good. Yeah, remember the good times with gratitude. Bill, what about you? Just advice on how to deal with it, things that were helpful for you. 
Uh, for me, it would be, well, the last three years of my mother's life was the most difficult, most intense, but um, it, it's easy to get overwhelmed with that. I'd try to think back of the other, all those years she raised me and my two brothers and two sisters and the incredible amount of work she did plus the little things she did for me all that time when I was growing up. And thinking back to that uh, really, really helped me. And I, I, she had, we had, I had two brothers, her two, two of her sons passed away, but just seeing how she dealt with that just uh, made me really tender and loving for her to, to help her get through this last part of life. And uh, yeah, and just appreciate sometimes you do things you don't think you're going to do. We talked about, Janet talked about this too, but sometimes you have to clean them up. And um, I remember my dad one time asked me to do that. And at first I thought, oh, but then I realized how much it bothered him so deeply to have to ask me to do that. Um, but now I'm really glad he did because I look back and it was the right thing to do. And, and so it, it's, it was a blessing. Yeah, definitely. So that flowing from gratitude, like remembering they invested 20 hard years into me for me to do this for a little while. Um, okay, and then finally... I think the big question in relation, because we're commanded to honor our parents, how do we honor them? And a few things we came up with last week, I just want to hit them and then we can speak, but have compassion on them, um, have a servant's heart, give them your time, it can, it can wear you down, but give them your time, share memories with them, take them out occasionally, get them out of the home or wherever they are, include them in family events, honor them and treat them with dignity above all. Bill, what of those things, like what? to you or what some of the ways you yeah, honored you got to realize they're alone a lot <laughs> and most of their friends are dead and you're basically the main they're closest to so certainly taking them home to eat with the family uh, we made a point Carl and I would take her shopping every Saturday um, just those kind of little things or just my wife would drop in on her occasionally just those kind of things help. Sometimes the mood was so bad, I'd say, okay, mom, I'll come back tomorrow when you're not as angry at me. But those are the kind of things I think that really help. Yeah, yep. definitely the compassion for where they are. Kathy, what about you, just in honoring your mother? Yeah, uh, my mom was alone a lot too, like Bill said. And um, it when she, when we'd have these, tough things about her money, I'd think, Ugh, let's think about something else and try to recall happy memories. Remember, Mom, when this happened? Or bring pictures from when earlier in her life, early marriage, early times with my dad, um, when we were little kids, things like that would were helpful. Yeah. She enjoyed those things. And you that. both talked about, because you're, yeah, my, my mother and my parents were like three hours away, but you guys had them close and took them out. Um, had them yeah. the family things. Right, any? yeah, yep. As long as my mom was able, I would take her out to lunch, usually once a week, take her shopping. Yeah. yeah. And the key to Register. honoring Kathy definitely is providing her lots of the chocolates. Oh, yes. Yeah. Her deal was Dove Dark Chocolates and Kraft Caramels for 
yeah, yeah. Kraft she harmless. survived on her last tenure. Yeah, that was her diet. Like that was it was amazing how, how she survived on that. Yes. Um, I yeah even the taking them out even though my dad my dad was cared for by my older brother so kudos to him that's so rare um, but one time I was out in Russell and he just was like I just want to go see the Christmas lights so bad. And it was hard, but we got them out to the car and drove them around, and just that's, that's a way to honor them. I would say one, just that treating them with dignity because, you know, the whole diaper thing or cleaning them up. Um, I was doing that with my dad one time, and you could just tell the shame, right, of that for him. And I just, and, but I wanted to show him some honor, and I said, Dad, you know what? You probably changed a thousand diapers. You did this to me a thousand times for me to do it. Ten for you is like nothing, and it's just a way for me to, to say thank you. So, um, yep. So j that's just some, some thoughts that we've had. Um, I appreciate these guys taking the time to meet and talk with me. There's just so much more that we talked about that I wish we had time for, but um, they did a great job. Do you think they did a great job? Could we, like, can we tell them thank you? I appreciate your time. So I hope that is helpful because... Um, we're all going to face it in some way or another of having to, to give honor to aging parents. And so we just wanted to give some really practical things. And you may be sitting here thinking, I'm a long ways from that. But I just really hope that you keep some of this in mind. Because we are called to honor our parents throughout their life, time, and even beyond. Um, so would you stand with me? I would like to, to close in prayer. Father, thank you for the honor you showed us by coming to die for us, and you bore our shame to bring us into relationship. And thank you for our parents. Some are more difficult than others, but uh, still we want to give thanks and we want to honor them. So give us the strength through your spirit to whatever, wherever stage we find ourselves right now that we would be committed to treating our parents with the weight and the dignity and the honor that they deserve because you command it. You deserve our honor and they deserve it. And so we want to take you seriously in that. So, and Lord, at the end of life, give us help and strength. For, there's some people in our body right now going through that. It wears you out. It's so discouraging. I pray that you would give them wisdom and that you would lift them up and give them strength. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And 12th, before I send you, it sounds like the rain is starting. Perfect timing, huh? Uh, so maybe a little extra fellowship. We have just welcomed um, into fellowship here, part of our covenant membership. Some people saying we want to officially be part of the body, um, the Cathcarts who are not here, and then um, the plumbers, Chelsea and Logan. And so if you see any of them around, say hi. And like I said, hang out for a few minutes till, uh, till the rain stops. But 12th Avenue, you are sent.